We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Goldman and Michael Focci. Sabonis down the lane with authority. Oh, Miles Turner bringing that smoke. Lundberg skies high for the jam. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. The Setting the Pace podcast had Kevin Pritchard on. Well, you got it setting the pace, and I think that's terrific. Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me as he does every week, his favorite gum is Big League Chew, and he doesn't wear sunscreen in the summer. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one and only Michael Jahidi White Fachi. Yeah, you know me, roasting like a good old lobster and uh, can't pass up some Big League Chew. <laughs> Alex, I am ready to talk uh, about a fun episode today. We're going to preview some uh, upcoming free agents and potential guys that could be on the Pacers' radar. Yeah, so we're going to talk all things free agent wings, so not a boneless versus traditional conversation like you've heard on other Pacers podcasts, but just because I wanted to bring that up real quick, are you a boneless or a bone-in kind of guy, Fudge? Uh, Bone-in for wings, got to be. Yeah, I think you get more meat on them and they taste better, personally. The, the other option is chicken nuggets. That, 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 that's how I look at it. You yeah. know, bowling in, that, that's who I am. Yeah, all right. Well, I, I agree with you, Fudge. So we are on the same page here. So looking at our upcoming free agent wings, because the league has become so positionless, we didn't want to do a shooting guard week, a small forward week, a power forward week, a center week. We could really drag the content out if we wanted to. But we just felt like it was important to look at some potential wings that could be available or it could be something that we go after whether it be a trade whether it be a vet minimum whether it be the part of the mid-level exception or the full mid-level exception I think there's a lot of different ways we can play with it so how do you want to set this up Fudge? Uh man I, I'm up for whatever whatever you have in mind I think okay. that uh we could e- we could either go with um you know maybe some first start some guys that maybe we think aren't on the Pacers radar because you know a name that might come to mind for some people. Hey, what about Victor Oladipo? Yeah, sorry, guys. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> well, why not? Well, I think there's a few reasons. Um, one, he's hurt. Two, uh, he's been there and we've been there done that. I don't think he wants to do it again. And three, hey, we offered him more money than he will get at all, and he still turned it down. So yeah. uh, this time around, I- I'm good. I think I'm moving on. 
Okay, so did you have any other names of players that you don't think are realistic to go out and get? Yeah, I did. Uh, Evan Fournier is someone who I'm not that interested in. I think that Fournier uh, mentioned he's looking for over $20 million a year. The Pacers do not have that money. I do not think that they're going to work out a sign-and-trade with Boston of all teams. Uh, I know it's probably more possible now that Danny Ainge isn't there, but Evan Fournier is not someone I want to pay $20 million for. And DeMar DeRozan, a guy that he's going to command a lot of money, I, I just – a sign and trade would really be the only way to do it. I just don't really see that move happening, though. Yeah, so I had both of those guys on my sign and trade list, and I will just go ahead and say this. I did not make a set list. Like, Fachi might have done, like, top 20 realistic, top 10 realistic. I didn't do that. I just separated by the wings that I thought could. You could make a case for why it would happen. So, for me, Evan Fournier, there's no way I'm paying more than, like, 12 to 13 million for Evan yeah. Fournier. I don't think he's worth it. I think he's a fine basketball player, but no, I mean, you get overpaid to stay in a place like Orlando. Yes. That's because they're not a good basketball team. They made the playoffs and they got beat in the first round like us. I know, but they were still just kind of stuck in the mud. And that's why they moved on for him uh, by trading him into a trade exception. They couldn't get rid of that contract quick enough. So I want nothing to do with Fournier. I think DeMar DeRozan is a little bit interesting, Foch, because Look, the, the, the Spurs are going to have a ton of cap space coming into this offseason. They could do a sign-and-trade. I'm not even saying that it has to happen or will happen. I'm just saying it could happen. The Pacers, to me, DeMar DeRozan is someone that makes a little bit of sense. I'm not saying that I want DeMar DeRozan. Don't get me wrong. But I do think it makes some sense. I, one of the guys that I had a really hard time figuring out what his value is going to be next year is Philadelphia 76er shooting guard Danny Green. He's an upcoming free agent. He's getting paid, I think, close to like $15 million right now, something along those lines. I can't remember exactly what his contract is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like I feel like he's getting to that point where he's a little bit older in his career, still a nice veteran presence. Don't get me wrong, but what the 76ers tried to do in game one against the Hawks was put Danny Green on Trey Young and just did not work out. And so they moved him off. He's, you know, basically teams kind of sour on him. The Lakers got rid of him for Dennis Schroeder. That didn't work out too well for him. I just I just feel like Danny Green's a really nice player, but he's getting older. I don't know what his value is. What do you think his value is? To, to be honest, he's coming off of a two-year $30 million contract. Danny Green's a winner. He, he really is. I mean, you're talking about won a championship with San Antonio, won a championship with Toronto, won a championship with the Lakers. I mean, he's still going Philly. I don't think it's going to be a championship this year, but this man yeah. wins. We, I mean, hey, they you never know. I'm not back to say, back to back champion. I'm not going to say that he, they definitely can't because they, you know, it's possible. But Danny Green, when you're talking about three and D, I feel like this is like the, the poster guy for that. I mean, he, he's been real good. Someone that I would love to add to the Pacers because he is a veteran. He's a veteran who's won. He's a veteran that can bring some defense over there. Um, but, you know, is he willing to take a significantly less contract if it's not going to be a sign trade? Then really the, the best move the Pacers can do would be come at him for a mid-level exception. Starts yeah. at nine, $9.5 million. If you were to give him a four-year deal, it'd be four years, $41 million. That's as high as I could see the Pacers possibly going. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you want to give Danny Green a four-year deal either. You don't. That, that's exactly what I was going to say is, look, he's 33. I know that's not terribly old in basketball terms, but it's not young. Four years, I wouldn't like that. You're, you're probably more looking at two or three. So if it was, a, you know, like a two-year, $19.5 million, 
you know, deal, you know, half the, the mid-level exception, then at that point, it's, it's really not that bad at all. I think that would probably be the best case scenario, but he might have some options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. I think he might be just above the mid-level exception yeah. with what he makes, and I don't think the Pacers can afford that. So then he would have to be a sign-and-trade, and I don't necessarily think the Pacers want to, like, give up anything of significance no. to Philadelphia. Like, look, I mean, maybe if they did, like, Jeremy Lamb and Aaron Holiday for Danny Green, like, you can maybe talk me into that because I think we need to get rid of some of our wings, especially if we're going to add one that I think would be a little bit better, just, just based on – what he's done before, but still like, it's, it's not perfect. And I, and I think that Danny green could find a different suitor and the 76ers could find a better trade offer than, than Lamb and holiday for Danny green, I, in my opinion. I think so. Because, you know, if you're talking about 15 million coming off the books, if Danny green just walks, I get it. Jeremy lamb is expiring. Maybe he returns to a healthier form, but you're still mm-hmm. adding 10 and a half million on the books right there. And Aaron holiday, I think that, you know, he, there's a chance that he could, you know, develop over in Philly a little bit more, but eh, I don't know if that's the most enticing offer. No. And I mean, they've already got a nice backcourt of young players and Matisse Steibel and Tyrese Maxey that they are invested yeah. in. So it's, you know, it'd be kind of a log gym there, but I do want to go through the other guys I had on my sign and trade list. And I guess just tell me if, one of them pops off and you think would be worth, you know, looking at, then uh, we'll do that. So you said Evan Fournier, you know, we said Danny Green, and we talked about DeMar Rosen. What about Tim Hardaway Jr.? Tim Hardaway Jr., I'm intrigued by, but to tell you the truth, I think that he's, he's played himself into a pretty decent contract. I mean, okay. I think that Tim Hardaway, he, he just made $20 million this past year. I know that he's kind of looking at being a priority for Dallas to re-sign. Um, so if we were to make a move for Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, you got to be thinking it's probably going to cost you Miles Turner, I would imagine. You uh, know, Probably more than that. Well, yeah, but I'm saying at the minimum, you, you have to include, it could be Turner and Aaron Holiday right there. And, yeah. you know, I, I do like Tim Hardaway. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, but to be committing potentially, you know, what could end up being like a four-year $80 million deal, I, I'm not in love with it. Yeah, I, I, I think, think with Tim Hart. Well, I was going to well, say real quick with Tim Hardaway Jr. I just don't know how he fits next to Levert and Warren. I agree, and it's Brogdon. Just, it just seems like a little bit of a logjam there. That, that, that's what I'm saying. The money tips the scale for me to be like, you know what? I don't think Tim Hardaway is is the missing piece right over there. Good player. I, I think that a couple of years ago, I mean, we've talked about it, he was thrown in in that Porzingis deal, and I think he's played himself into a good deal. I just mm-hmm. don't think that he's the one that you want to give up, say Turner for. Okay, well, let's move on then. Kelly Oubre Jr. with the Golden State Warriors. I, I've always been interested in Kelly Oubre. I, I have. I don't think he's – I don't want to put, put this late. I don't think he's the brightest guy, but I, I think that he's a good basketball player. I do. But for me, it feels like he's all about the money. I, I think that he's about to cash in, you know, pretty pretty decently. And uh, I just – I just don't – I don't know. There's something about him that doesn't feel like this guy's a pacer. I don't really know how to really put that in words other than just I don't know if he's the best. Uh, I don't know. Not that there's a knock on him being like a team fit, but Kelly Oubre feels like he's kind of about Kelly Oubre to me. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about him as a person or whatever, but I, I do feel like I was higher on him last year. I was. Once he got traded, I think he got traded to OKC, and then he got traded back to Golden State for their trade exception. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Kelly Oubre, I thought he would do better in Golden State than he did, so I've soured a little bit on him. I would say no on that one. Well, this one will probably be the next guy I'm going to bring up is Will Barton, a guy that I know you like. Is there any way you see a sign and trade with 
Denver for Will Barton. I do like Will Barton. For, I believe he has a player option. I could be wrong, but it's $13 he does. Million. Yeah. So $13 million, I mean, do you think he passes that up? I think he probably just opts in. I mean, Denver well, – yeah, he could, but he could also do a sign and trade. I mean, of course, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very possible. Uh, if you're going to do a sign and trade, I mean, what what kind of new contract are you giving Will Barton at that point? Because thirteen million, you know, I feel like that's pretty good for where he's at. Well, what if you gave him? What if you gave him three for forty five? That too much? No, no, I don't think that's that's. I don't think it's too much. But here's what I'll say: Do you think he gets better at this point? Probably not. I think he is yeah. who he is at this point. I think in his he career. is who he is. I think he is, and he's a he's a good, you know, fine player. But I don't know. The Pacers are in a, a very critical point that I don't know if Will Barton is the missing link right now. I just I just know the Pacers had a lot of interest in Will Barton before yeah. he went back to Denver, or did was he with Denver the whole time? Uh, he started in Portland, then he went to he resigned in Denver. Okay, okay. So I remember whenever he was a free agent last time, there was a lot of interest there both ways. Uh, the next one, Josh Hart, restricted free agent with the New Orleans Pelicans. Alex, I, I think I love him. I, 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 oh, you are in love with so many guys right not, now. There's a life. Couple, there is a couple of known Foch guys, and Josh Hart is a Focci guy. I <laughs> love Josh Hart uh, right now. So he's got a $5.2 million qualifying offer. It's going to be intriguing what, what he gets because – He's got a skill set that is pretty coveted. He is a great rebounder for his size and position. This man's coming off averaging eight rebounds per game. And if you think that's a fluke, he averaged six and a half just before that. He's playing under 30 minutes a game. I mean, when you're talking about the Pacers needed rebounding, Josh Hart is someone who I think very much could have contributed. Could be a bit of a better three-point shooter, but I I like his overall game. It's just uh, like, hmm. Like, what would you really do? Like, say the Pacers had an option to sign him at the mid-level. I, I kind of like that. I kind of do. Yeah, um, I think I think the Pelicans match anything. At the uh, so, so do I. So do I. But that's a guy that I feel like when you're talking about the mid-level, it's like, hey, I feel like it's, it's a good pay raise for him. I think he can take his game a little bit better. He was always overshadowed with the Lakers because of you – know, he was like – if he felt like a throw-in, you know <clears> – <throat> And the Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram deal and all that. I, I think that's a guy that, in the right situation, could continue to develop a bit more. I love his game. Yeah, so I, I saved my favorite person for last, but I have two more. So I'll go through this one quick. Norman Powell from the Blazers. Uh, look, I wanted Norman, Norman Powell. I thought it was ridiculous when they linked the Pacers to Norman Powell. Do you remember that article? It was like it said something absurd that we were going to just like. Oh, uh, he was a free agent this year? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it was just because of Bjorkren ties with Toronto. That's what made I, I the most sense. So. Norman Powell is someone who I, I thought he was a stud this year, really took a huge step forward. But I think he's looking for a solid payday. So if okay. you're, you're going to do a sign trade for Norman Powell, I mean, what are you talking? Because for Portland, they're in a spot where, um, you know, you got you to gotta keep them. You know, you just traded Gary Trent Jr., who exploded onto the scene. Norman Powell, I feel like that's someone who, you know, I'm curious to see what he gets in a free agency. But at the same point, you know, what would you pay him? Yeah, I, I think that I'd give him probably close to 15, 16 a year. I mean, I, I think that you could do a sign and trade for Miles Turner if they're able to move off of Nurkic and then have it built around Turner, Rocco. McCollum, Dame Lillard, and then whatever they can get in return for Nurkic. I think that that's kind of intriguing. 
because I, I'd much rather have CJ McCollum than Norman Powell if I'm picking between those two, even if Powell's, you know, significantly cheaper. I just think McCollum was a much better player. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I just I'm just not sure if I would do that if I'm Indiana either. Not sure if I want to give the bank to Norman Powell because no. one, I think he's a couple years older than Miles. I can't remember how old he is, but feels like he's been in the league quite a bit. So I like his game, don't get me wrong, and I'd be fine if he was a pacer, but I don't think that that's the route the pacer should go uh, of trading Turner for Powell. I would want more back in that signing trade, personally for me. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, it's fine. I He probably will resign with Portland unless he goes somewhere like New York that has so. a lot of cap space, which I think New yeah, York could be enticing. And that's where I'm going to go with my last person here on my sign-and-trade list. And if you had anybody that you – um, we're thinking about for sign and trade that I did not mention. My last one here is the guy that I think makes the most sense to slide right into this Pacer starting five, and that's Reggie Bullock from the New York Knicks. I got a soft spot for Reggie. Uh, I think that he is someone that I'm very interested in uh, in terms of, you know, if the Pacers have an opportunity to get him. Uh, I could be wrong, but I thought Reggie Book was going to be a free agent. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, he's coming off making $4.1 million. I believe – he is a free agent. I thought he was when I was looking at my free agents. Um, go ahead and talk about why you like Bullock's game, and I'll look up his contract. So uh, this is a guy that can stroke the three ball. I feel like in game one against the, um, the Hawks, if anyone was watching, I mean, he, I mean, he's someone who – he's just a good shooter right now, and I feel like he's kind of outperformed his $4.1 million uh, you know, option or whatever he just made. Shot 41% from three. He's a career over 39% shooter from three. The Pacers are going to need three-point shooting if they lose uh, Doug McDermott. And I feel like Reggie Bullock is a guy who is going to be affordable. I feel like he's kind of bounced around. I mean, he played on the Clippers, Phoenix, uh, Detroit, the Lakers, uh, the Knicks. I feel like this is someone who can be had for the right price. Now, the mid-level exception, I feel like, feels too much for him. So he is an unrestricted free agent. So it feels yeah. too much, but what if you kind of uh, – you know, use part of it. Use part of the mid-level exception, something like that. Oh, I disagree with you, Foch. I think he's going to get the full mid-level or more. You think? Based really? on what he did for New York this year. Look at the year that he, he was had. Good. He, he had was a, a, tr- a terrific three-point shooter and a great – I mean, he's a 3-and-D guy, and that is. is what you want in this league. And I think that's why I kind of like him with the Pacers because, look, you just say, hey, go out there and guard the best wing. And he might not be the best at it in the NBA, but I think he's pretty darn good at it. And he can knock down three-point shots for you. I'm not saying it's, like, the sexiest pick. He's been in the league since 2013. He's been in the league for seven years now. Plenty of experience. I think that he just kind of gets what his role is, and he's not trying to, you know, be somebody that he's not. There was, you know, I forget what game it was. I believe it was game five. Was that the uh, – because the Knicks only won one game, right? Yeah, they only won. It was, I think it was game five when he had that huge start in the first quarter for the Knicks and just looked like a stud. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he's the perfect guy, but I, I do think that I really like his fit there with the starting five if they go that route or even if they bring him off the bench. But I, I think he could slide right in there and be a starter. Fit is the key word because I do think that he fits very well with this Pacers team. Now, if I just, it just remembered Reggie Bullock actually had signed, I believe it was a three-year, $21 million deal before he failed his physical, and that's why it ended up being a smaller mm, deal. You're so right. You're he, right. he was headed towards a bigger payday because that $4.1 million, it, it, it was he outperformed that contract. He did. Mm-hmm. So 
the four for 41, I could see him being like, hey, look, like I gave up some money last time. Like I'm, I'm getting it. So uh, he could be someone that is looking at the mid-level. And I, I do think that that's someone when you're talking about three and D. The Pacers needed far more than that last year. I mean, they had some threes, but they had no D. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think that he, he could be a very good fit. One name I'm a little surprised you didn't bring up. He underperformed this year. Josh Richardson. He's got an $11 million player option. Not sure what he does. I think he probably opts in because he he did underperform, but that could be a decent sign and trade candidate. I'm not. I'm I'm out okay. now on Josh Richardson. I think that if you're making a minor trade for him, it would have made sense. But if you go back and look at some of the trade offers that we made right before the deadline, we were really looking at you know like Lamb and a Holiday for Josh Richardson. Like we weren't offering much. So no. I mean, if that's the same route you want to go, then maybe you do it. But I just. I just don't know. I know that he had COVID this year and he didn't really ever recover from it. I know he had a really tough season. I like him. He's he's a fine player, but after that one nice breakout year with the Heat, I feel like it's just kind of been underwhelming for him. I agree. And I was just looking at Reggie Bullock. One thing I love about him, like I said, 41% from three this year on six six attempts per game. I mean, this is the way the NBA is going, modern basketball. I don't even know if he leaves the Knicks. They have the money to offer him a nice contract. So I would, you know, I wouldn't say I'd be surprised if he left, but, you know, I think that it would be very, you know, it would be very likely that he returns there. So um, so those are kind of some of my big name guys, because that's the only way you're going to get bigger name guys in this market is via sign and trade. I had some other guys on my mid-level exception uh, list, but I don't want to keep hogging the, the spotlight here. So throw some more names at me, Foch, if I uh, if I haven't taken all the names you had down. Yeah, sure. So uh, in terms of those were, so do you want to continue with, um, you know, if it would have to be a sign trade? Well, I ran out of sign and trade, guys. I okay. think everybody else could be had for the full mid-level. Uh, I, that's what I was going to say. So I'm out of sign and trade people, but a couple names that uh, I am interested in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Otto Porter. Otto Porter, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he re-signs with the Magic at all. I, I think they're probably going to move on from him. He is someone who got paid way too much money and did not live up to it. But Otto Porter could be someone that, that's slated, slided right around that mid-level exception. What's your thoughts on Otto? I was surprised he wasn't a buyout candidate, to be honest. Why would Orlando keep him? That makes zero sense to me. So. Just no, they're not going to. Out. Just no. buy him out. I mean, they could have. I know. I wanted him. it. So I like Otto Porter yep. Jr. I think he makes sense. I'm not sure if he's starter level material, but no, nah, I don't think so. You know, a decent role player. Um, another guy that I'll throw out here, 
on this list that I have. So, I mean, I don't want to under, undersell Otto Porter. He's a good player. I would have taken him for the minimum last year. There's no doubt oh, yeah. about it. I don't know how much I'd give him. I'd probably give him, like, uh, he might be worth the full mid-level to some people, but I wouldn't give him the full mid-level. I'd give him part of the full, a part yeah. of the mid-level. But, yeah, uh, another guy that I think makes some sense, what about Alec Burks? Uh, New York Knicks. You've heard me bring up Alec Burks' name before. Another guy that I like, he was on a one-year $6 million deal. That guy exploded in game one against yep. the Hawks. I believe he had, like, 25 points. I mean, Alec Burks was, was someone who – I always thought, to be honest, I thought he would have had a better career. When he was coming out of Colorado on the Utah Jazz, I felt like that was someone who was going to be better. And it was a very up-and-down career, but that's someone I am intrigued by. He can stroke the three. Career mm -hmm. 37% three-point shooter, coming off shooting 41.5% from three this year. I just feel like he's such a good guy off the bench that if the Pacers can can get, you know, is he someone do you think – you think the mid-level would be too much for him? Because I feel like if you could get him around $8 million, you know, using part of it, that's where I feel more comfortable at. Yeah, it just depends on if you lose McDermott and TJ McConnell. So if you lose both of them, is he worth it? Maybe. I, yeah. I, it's yeah. just He's interesting. Yeah. What about the guy that outscored Jimmy Butler in the first round, Bryn <laughs> I had Bryn on my list. He's got a $2.4 million player exception – Player offer, um, player option. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I went through every scenario possible. Yeah. Sorry, player I'm just laughing at you. You're like, no, 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 oh, no worries. Exception. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's someone who, I mean, just by his last game in the playoffs, gets you the feeling that he's going to turn that down. And I feel like he's someone who he can stroke the three. I feel like he's he's been around for a little bit, but I, I think he's earned himself a better payday and. You know, Alex, this is someone that if we can pay him, if he's willing to take it, the biannual exception starting at $3.7 million, basically double what he just made, if he would accept that. I like that pickup. Yeah, I don't think he does. I think he's going to get paid more than that. I don't think that. he does either. Just because so of that I. breakout series that he had against the Heat. I mean, people are like, wow, Brent Forbes, you know, that's going to be ingrained in everybody's head, kind of like Chris Copeland uh, for the Pacers went out and got him. So Love me some Cope. Don't be surprised if the he go out and get Bryn Forbes. They don't want them torching them again, but uh, him torching them again. Nope. But yeah, I uh, I like Bryn Forbes. I don't know what I'd pay for him. It's I put MLE, yeah. but I didn't write full or mid. I just kind of wrote MLE. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's worth. So um, one more I name. I don't think you can give him the full, but no. maybe I don't want to say half, but I'd say like if Bryn was making a, a contract starting around six, seven million, that's where I'd feel comfortable at. So I've got four more names that I'm interested in. Do you want to hear all four, or do you want me to keep going one by one? Uh, let's go one by one. Okay. What about Caruso? Alex Caruso out there with the Lakers is a free agent. Do you think they let him go? Because we've heard a lot of reports. They, they love Caruso. I mean, they really do. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think they do. But I don't if, think they let him go. But if they're trying to, you know, get more players in there – with, I mean, would you rather spend money on Caruso? I mean, I guess they could re-sign him and not have to go into use their yeah. mid-level or anything like that. But they could use him in a sign-and-trade as well. So maybe they don't. But I just – I like his defense. I thought that he actually played pretty well defensively. He did. I'm not the biggest fan of him just because he's on the Lakers and they kind of annoy me. But I think if he was a Pacer uh, – he could easily steal the heart of Pacer fans <laughs> if he no was here. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> and, and what's unfair to Caruso is places like Bleacher Report tried to paint him as a joke initially. Like, you know, it was everyone was giving him a lot of all-star votes, and they would put his highlights on there. He's a good player. 
I mean, you're talking about a guy who just shot over 40% from three this year. He hustles. He plays defense. Like, he actually does. Not one of those guys that you're like, oh, he's a so-so fan. No, he grinds. He hustles. I, I think that he's someone that I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves the Lakers because he's like, hey, you know what? I, I got to get paid. I mean, yeah. he's already he's already outperformed anyone's expectations from being undrafted. So he's coming off making 2.75. I mean, in a perfect world, uh, the biannual exception would be great. He's not going to take that. I think he's looking for a little bit more, maybe something around $5 million. Um, so it'd be interesting. But that's the kind of guy that if you're losing TJ McConnell, I feel like not to say that he is a McConnell, but like that fan favorite type role of a guy off the bench, I feel like Caruso could become that guy, just like you said. Nice save there. Didn't want to compare him and TJ. No, no, no. I no, caught no. you there. I caught you. No, so, no. Um, my next guy, Tory Craig. I, I, I like Tory Craig. I'm not in love with Tory Craig, but you know, I mean, what, what would you really, what would you really give him here? Yeah, I would say probably biannual at the most. I, I at most. I he's a guy that's bounced around. Yeah, but he's a dog man, and he's not afraid of the moment. Yeah. Like Maybe watching him guys. with Phoenix this season. He has been really fun, and I know Denver is his former team, but even when they were playing the Lakers, I mean, he was just giving it all he had. So I've liked Torrey Craig. I've mentioned him a, a few different times now as a guy that I'd like to see on the Pacers roster just because I think you need guys that you can count on. Doesn't have to be, you know, in the rotation every single night. I'm sure he would like to be, obviously, but he's someone that if he's not in the rotation, if somebody gets hurt, which we know the Pacers have had plenty of injuries throughout the last couple of seasons, he's great insurance off the bench. I really like Torrey Craig's game. I like Tory Craig's game. If you're talking the biannual, it's like, yeah, you know what? That is a that is a player that I feel like can contribute on a nightly basis. I did like him in Denver a couple of years ago. And he's the last two games, I mean the, the two games in this series, he has played well. Scored nine mm-hmm. points, ten points. Um, so that is someone that I like. Um, when you're talking about someone for potentially the minimum, I know we both had interest in this guy. What about Mo Harkless? Any interest if he'll take the minimum? Sure. Why not? For the minimum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's someone that, you know, he's uh, a couple of years ago, we really we had interest when he was going to be a buyout or I think he was a buyout, ended up, uh, you know, signing with New York. I think it was. Uh, that's where he's from. Um, but, you know, someone that he's just a, a good overall, you know, contributor, not, not going to do anything great. But for a minimum contract, you always need one of those guys. At least he's someone that is a bit more proven when you're giving mm-hmm. someone the minimum deal. Yeah, so I wanted to give uh, my last two names here real quick on my mid-level guys that I really want to highlight. I think that you got to look at Garrett Temple. This is a guy that the Pacers were rumored to have interest in. Um, he, he makes a ton of sense for what they want, what he brings to the table. Clearly, he's getting older, so it's not like a slam dunk kind of move. But if I'm thinking about trying to play defense and shooting threes, I'd rather have Garrett Temple than probably Jeremy Lamb. No offense to Jeremy Lamb, but Jeremy Lamb's – defense is just something that's much to be desired for and then a toss up here between a couple of guys i'll just throw them out at you real quick you got firkin Korkmaz, who's a just torched the pacers this year it felt like did not miss a three denzel valentine david nawaba and then alpha rukamino well, first of all, I, I know just how much you love you some Alpha. No, I, mean, I I just I liked him a couple years ago. I, I thought he'd be fine, but after the injury in Orlando, I'm just out. I'm out. Yeah, he was. It was almost a little comical. The second I felt like 
season end. I saw on the bottom of ESPN on that ticker, Al Farouk Amino expected to pick up his player option. It was like, oh, of course he is. Why would that man turn down like $10.5 million or whatever he's getting? So yeah. I, knew, I knew that was happening. Uh, just for that money, uh, I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't think it makes sense to – I mean, I guess him and Jeremy Lamb make the same amount of money, but I think I would rather feel more comfortable with Jeremy Lamb getting back to health than I would Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, yeah. Um, so, Denzel Valentine, any interest there? I mean, we're talking about a former college national player of the year. I, I was waiting and waiting for Denzel Valentine to get it together. Got a little bit better this year, but, like, just not enough. I mean, I, don't, I couldn't pay that man really anything, to tell you the truth. Yeah, you're not moving the needle much here with these guys. No. And that's that's kind of what's expected when you're going after mid-level guys. You're not getting you're not getting like a Montrez Harrell like the Lakers got or a Serge Ibaka like the Clippers got. No. Because those are big markets and they're championship contenders. You're the Pacers. So I got a for you. What's up? What about Nicholas Batum? Do you have any interest in Batum? He's still getting paid like nine million a year from Charlotte. He's coming off of a minimum deal with the Clippers. I mean, I don't know if he would accept a biannual exception, but at 3.7, I mean, he's been a, a great glue piece for the Clippers this year. When did he go to Charlotte? Did he leave? Um, Minnesota, I, th I think he was on Minnesota. Was it? Uh, Portland, Portland. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When he was with Portland, was he with Terry Stotts? Uh, yes, he was. Mm -hmm. So that, yep. that could be something to keep an eye on if the Pacers do hire Terry Stotts. You could say, hey, Nick Batum, would you want to come? We need a leader because Kevin Pritchard talked about that on his presser on Wednesday. Yep. Needing a veteran leader. I don't know how much of a leader Nick Batum is. And I know Charlotte know either. I know the Charlotte Hornets still owe him about nine million dollars per you know, year. Per year for the next couple of years. So they're uh they're taking care of him handsomely there. So he might sign for something less, but at the same time, I just I like him and I will be honest, Fachi. I made a list of five guys that would be veteran signings and I put them all together. I didn't really classify if they'd be mid-level exceptions or sign and trade guys, but Nick Batum was on that list. I have four more on that list that I think could help. Um, but one that I don't think is realistic at all is JJ Redick. He clearly does not want to be anywhere, but like Boston or, or the Nets. He truly wants to be closer to his family. He's been a player for a long time. I'm fine with that. Rudy Gay was another guy that I put on here as a vet that could be a leader of some sort. But but one guy I really think, and he's been on the Lakers for the last couple of years, I wouldn't really be paying him to do much more than be a vet on the on the on the bench, and that's Jared Dudley. I I have I value Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley is a joke to many. Jared Dudley is the perfect veteran. I mean, the, the, the part here is he is not gonna contribute literally anything at all. But what he did in that Brooklyn series a couple years ago where he was not afraid to stand up for his teammates. I mean, I've listened to a podcast with Jared Dudley. He knows his role. But if he is on the court and something ever happens, he's going to be one of the first people to stand up for his teammates. And his teammates love him. And there's a reason why he stuck around for that long. I want to say he was – I think he came in like 2008, I believe. It was right around there. And he stuck around. And I just think that, hey – for the last spot on the roster, give me Jared Dudley over Jalen McHugh any day. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't want to keep dragging Jalen's name through the mud, but oh man, this team could have used a Jared Dudley last year. So I think that that's someone who just wants to hang around and like stay in the league as long as he can. And I feel like 
the vet minimum is is what would get that done. Yeah, so, the Vince Carter rule is what it kind yeah, of seems like. Exactly. And he takes pride in that. And I think Pacer fans would end up liking Jared Dudley. Oh, so. oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Jared Dudley can be a meme. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, he very well could. You know, I think Caruso kind of took away the Elmer Fudd uh, yeah, yeah. comparison because there was that meme that I saw several times of Dudley looking like Elmer Fudd from the Toon yep. Squad. But hey, you know, it's it's funny and it's all it's all fun and games, you know, on Twitter. But Jared Dudley, I think, makes a lot of sense. And then another guy I said as a vet, I don't know how much he'd be making because he did get a nice contract that's finally going to expire, and that's Solomon Hill, former Indiana Pacer. He's doing a good job with the Atlanta Hawks. I know he's starting right now because DeAndre Hunter is injured and out. But I, you know, I don't know what the Pacers would, you know, value in bringing back Solo. Not sure if Solo is sour because of how things ended here, but you know, they didn't give him that contract extension because Bird was disappointed with how he was developing and how he was putting in the work into playing. And I think that really was a kick in the butt. Almost helped us beat the Raptors in seven games and then got a big payday with the Pelicans. So I'm just saying Solomon Hill, I've heard like Chris Vernon say that about the Memphis Grizzlies when he was there. He was just a nice veteran presence. I I feel like he could be that. But at the same time, I just don't know what his relationship's like with the Pacers. I don't know either. It, it's still the biggest shame that, that that shot from Solomon Hill didn't count against the Raptors. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. in his hands for like 0.1 too long. But uh, I remember, you know, I was pretty disappointed with, with the Solomon Hill pick of how that like panned out. I just felt like in the beginning he just really couldn't get on the court. And then he started to play a little bit well. And in his role now, he has played well. Uh, should have probably never gotten paid as much as he got paid in New Orleans. I felt like the second he put ink to paper – he was overpaid, but if you're talking about a minimum guy, yeah, I, I like Solomon Hill there. Uh, going back real quick to your point on J.J. Redick, Redick mentioned that he had interest in the Pacers in the past, but that was – Two years ago, three yeah, years ago. Yeah, I know, I know. that Definitely in the past, but that was to sign more of like a substantial deal. At this point, I don't really know what you could give J.J. Redick. I think that he finally this year kind of – I don't want to say – you can't say come back down to earth because he's been a good three-point shooter, but he regressed. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think at this point, I'm no longer interested as, as I was before. I used to be a, a big J.J. Redick supporter. He's finally hit that point now where I'm like, hey, I, I can't overpay for J.J. Redick here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think J.J. Redick is a guy that would bring a lot of leadership to the locker room if he's willing to you know, commit to that role. But if you look at what happened with his stint in New Orleans, he basically – Requested a trade. Yep. They said they tried to find a deal for him and then dealt him to Dallas. So she was not happy about No, and he like was being all petty on, on yep. Twitter about the Pelicans being eliminated from the playoffs. So it does matter how you treat your clients. I think if the Pacers were in that same boat, they probably would have not traded him to Dallas. In my I opinion, agree. I think they would have tried to figure out a way to get him to Brooklyn, Boston, New York, wherever, just because they wanted to make something work. But yeah, so that pretty much wraps up all of my names on my list. Foch, did you have anybody else that you wanted to throw out there? I have some more, but I don't really feel like I need to throw them out there. No, I think we covered a lot of the same guys that we had interest in. Um, I just think that the names that we gave out, it does, it does, you know, it is very intriguing. One name that's not going to happen. That's going to be a restricted free agent, Gary Trent Jr. I, I just feel like he played he played <laughs> didn't so well. Didn't bring him up. He didn't even need to. That was the only guy on my list that we didn't discuss just because I feel like it's not happening. Toronto is going to pay that man, and, and I think match anything. Um, he, he played so well over there. 
Other than that, I named all the names uh, that I think are possibilities, like I mentioned up front. I didn't want to be, you know, naming guys that I don't think are going to happen at all. Like, you know, I'm not going to be like, well, what if Kawhi Leonard opts out, you know, sign yeah. trade? You know, I didn't want to waste my breath on that. Ka- Kawhi is coming back. He has told me yeah. that it's going to be a sign and trade for Jeremy Lamb and Brogdon. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. And so the only thing I'll say is I had, like, four guys in the minimum that I didn't think were vets, and that was, like, Brad Wanamaker, Rondé mm-hmm. Hollis-Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, and then TLC, Timothy Luaba Kabaru. I He might be more than minimum. I don't know. It's hard for me to really gauge what these guys are going to make. But that's kind of where I was at with those guys. Ken Bazemore was another name on my list of potential wing players. And I think that I enlisted everybody I had. So I went through quite a bit of them. I know that we gave you a lot to look at. But let me just ask you this as we wrap this up. Is there anybody you would prefer on this list that you think is actually obtainable over Doug McDermott? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Ah, uh, got my computer a little frozen right now, so it's creating some suspense. Um, right now, it's 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 a little tough to tell. I mean, McDermott right now. Let's let's put it this way: What do you think McDermott signs for? We've talked a few different times, and I think we're probably both in you know agreement. He's probably getting at least twelve million a year. I would assume. Yeah, twelve to fourteen makes sense. That's why I think Reggie Bullock makes more because he's around the same amount of money to me that's you know we were talking about that and you're like well he only made this much this year but I think having that breakout year with the Knicks really is going to get him a nice payday still only 30 years old so you sign him to a three-year deal I mean by the time he's 32 33 you're fine with you know him getting paid decent amount of money once they start hitting like mid-30s that's when you are really afraid to give out a lot of money so I think they could be in the same boat that's why I think I think Bullock is a better fit than McDermott because of the defensive side of things. But I do know that McDermott has great chemistry with DeMontis Sabonis, so you can't overlook that. I think that it's very close. But both, to me, are probably in that 12 to $14 million per year range for three to four years. I mean, they're going to get paid, and there could be somebody stupid that really wants to overpay for them, like the Knicks. The Knicks could be uh, a team that says, hey, we need more shooting. The Spurs are a team that's going to have a lot of money if they move on from DeRozan. The Mavericks, they could be a team. The Hornets could be a team that looks at paying McDermott money. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it to me that shooters are going to be in high demand, especially with the way the league is going. So that's why I'm afraid that McDermott might be just a little too much unless he takes a hometown discount. I know. It's like in a perfect world, oh, if you could just get McDermott for that mid-level exception, that four years, 41, it'd be great. But I think the chance to cash in, he deserves it. So I do think that I'll sign for a bigger deal. But I found one name that I forgot to mention. I believe we didn't talk about him. Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington right now just just made $2.5 million. Uh, He shot 42.2% from three last year. He's a career 38% shooter from three. Uh, He's been around. He is a veteran, not that he's going to, you know, command the locker room or anything like that. But I think Wayne Ellington, I mean, if you can get him for the biannual exception, you know, $3.7 million for, you know, basically two years, um, I feel like that's, that's a guy that could be pretty decent off the bench. I mean, if he'll accept another veteran min, minimum contract, I mean, that's even better. But someone, if you can have for right around between two point five to $3.7 million per year, kind of like it. Okay, so let me ask you this. What team did he play for last season? So he was on Detroit. Okay. So that I forgot that he went to Detroit. Was he traded there? 
Or did they uh, sign him in the offseason? I, I think he might have just signed there. He had been with Detroit previously also. Okay. because I, I Well, oh, that's what it was. The Pacers, well, that was somebody we looked at maybe trading for during the think, trade deadline, I, like a minimum guy. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Try to pull away to get some more shooting. Okay. Because I was trying to remember where he played. I thought he was with like was like New York, and I was like, that don't sound yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So he was on the Pistons, the Knicks, before that, Detroit, Miami, Brooklyn, Lakers, Dallas, Cleveland, Memphis, oh, yeah. Minnesota. He has been a ra- – he's been a ra- – He's got a jersey of every team. <laughs> Pretty much. And the one thing he you – know, outside of having a jersey of every team, he shot the ball well for every team from three-point land. So uh, I'm intrigued there for a cheap option right there. I mean, look, if you're going to lose Doug McDermott and you can maybe – you know, patch up a couple of holes with some cheap shooters. I'd be interested. You know, I, I would. You know, guys like Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington. You know, those could be some some cheaper shooters. But Reggie Bullock, we talked about, he could get paid, so uh, he might be off the list. But I, I like Wayne Ellington on a cheap contract. Yeah. So I, I think for me with the Pacers, looking at who they're going to go out and get, because if we if the Pacers do what we hope they do, and that is trade one of the bigs and get a and get a guy like PJ Washington somewhere, and in, in that term you know, or a Harrison Barnes, somebody that actually can play that that power forward position, then you might have an opening at wing based on what you have to trade with Turner to get one of those players. So if you if you miss out on, you know, if you have to trade Liam and you miss out on re-signing McDermott, then you might need a wing more than you than you won't. But you still have Edmund Sumner, Aaron Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, plus your draft pick. To me, it just depends, like, what position are they going to go after the most? Do they retain their guys because they think they're good locker room guys? Do they go the vet minimum route and just kind of keep that money open? Because, look, I don't anticipate the Pacers using their full mid-level exception unless they do a similar deal, like I mentioned, with Turner going to Charlotte for P.J. Washington just to get some cap space because, quite frankly, they're so close to the tax that I don't think you sign somebody to the mid-level exception and go into the tax. The Pacers will not do that, so they'd have to maneuver and make other trades to – get that off their off their books. So that's kind of where I'm at with everything right there. But at the end of the day, I, I do think that there are some intriguing wings at the end. You have to get players that make you better. I mean, that's what the whole end game is, is to win basketball games. So I'm sorry if I upset Edmund Sumner fans or if I upset Aaron Holiday fans or Jeremy Lamb fans. If I can get Reggie Bullock, he's a much better fit, and I'm trying to move on from those guys. So that's kind of all I wanted to say to kind of wrap this conversation up. But I do think that the draft pick, does make an impact it does. on what they do in free agency. It really does. We need to hit this pick because if the Pacers can and they can get a guy that can contribute now, that changes things. I mm-hmm. mean, you talked about it. Pacers have roughly about $120 million committed this year. So it's not like there's a lot of wiggle room to play with. So whoever they sign, it's going to have to be the right fit. And I think that that draft pick, if you can get a guy, like I mentioned, from day one that can come in there and, and play, contribute meaningful minutes, it's it's going to it's gonna make a big difference. I just really hope that they, they have the confidence that this is not – I mean, you want to take the best available player, but, you know, I don't know if this is a situation now, like in the past, like with Goga, where you could be like, hey, yeah, yeah, he'll come along eventually. You know, we're going to wait. It's like kind of need this guy now. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm excited for the draft lottery. We're going to find out about that in a couple of weeks, and we'll see what the Pacers pick, and we can really start diving in and looking at guys that could be available there. Right now, Fachi, as we close this out, is there one player in mind that you are wanting to fall to 13 if we get a 13th overall pick? My number one guy right now is Moses Moody. Really uh, is. Stealing number- my thunder. 
I'm, hey, we did an episode on him, didn't we? I mean, it was hard to, hard to not fall in love with his game after that. Number two, James Booknight. Those are my two guys. Yeah, I think we're in the same boat. Um, I was talking to somebody about um, – is it what's Cam's last name that's with uh, LSU? Is it Cam Thomas? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was talking to somebody about his game, and they were like, you should check out his game. Like, he's a great shooter. And I was watching him, and I'm like, man, this dude is hitting some shots deep and in the face of people. I know Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer had him mocked to the Pacers there at, at 13 in his first mm-hmm. mock draft. And it wouldn't be like the worst pick, but I just there's just something about him that I feel defensively he's got to be better. He can get a little tunnel vision, and that's not the kind of guy that I think this Pacers team needs. I'm just I'm a safe kind of guy. I like to know what's going on, and I feel like with Moses Moody, it's the safest bet out of those three names. But I'm still really intrigued by a lot of these prospects. I know Davion Mitchell continues to be a hot name for Pacers Twitter. I'm I'm not super sold on Davion Mitchell either, Fachi. I have my concerns. So do I. And it's 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 crazy we live in the age now where the fact that he's a junior kind of has me like, ooh, how much better is he gonna get? But this is a guy that I felt like performed very well around the tournament time and this year that really elevated his stock. He was not projected to be a top ten or lottery pick, you know, for the the last year, last two years, whatever it is, he's someone who I feel like the tournament really benefited him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still I stand by from all the research I've done on Moses Moody and James Booknight. Those guys feel like more sure things, guys that continue to get better. Moody, I feel like, is a guy that is ready to contribute right away. I, I think the scoring potential of James Booknight is definitely there. All mock drafts are different. I'm looking at one for CBS right now. They have Cameron Thomas going 20th. Right now, so you know, it's like, eh, yeah, you know what? Moses Moody and Booknight are the guys that you hope are there, but might not be. Yeah, I'm getting nervous they won't be because they, Same. as they continue to rise up my big board, I'm feeling they're going to rise up a lot of other teams' big boards. But we are all out of time for today's show. Hope you guys have an incredible weekend. Fachi, where can the people find us at on social media? So you could find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace Three. That's right. Find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. You could find me on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. And you could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. And if your favorite rebounder in Pacers history is Jeff Foster, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! <laughs>